Hi everyone, welcome back to Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. My name is Taylor Bickle. Okay, uh, we're going to get right into this one. We're going to talk about the movie Kundun. Kundun uh, is a story about the 14th Dalai Lama uh, who was forced to leave his country of Tibet uh, when it came under attack by China, I believe in the 30s, 40s, 50s, in the 50s, 50s, in the 50s. Um, this is an interesting break from what one would expect from Scorsese even up to this point in his career because because it's it's about a nonviolent character. It's a story about inaction instead of action, which is like the exact opposite of like what Marty was raised with and is the exact opposite of what one has come to expect from a Scorsese film. But it's it was what Marty was interested in in this particular time, in this point in his career. And it, it, he found some inspiration from a conversation he'd had with the great filmmaker, uh, Elia Kazan. And Kazan said, yes, I can make pictures with plots and normal traditional action, but what if you do something that's passive? Can you make a film about passive characters where inaction is action? Then you really see if you can go inside the mind and the heart. And that was sort of what Marty was trying to do with this story about the Dalai Lama, a man of of peace, a man of nonviolence, a man of inaction, you know, supposed to be the spiritual leader of Tibet, which was a Buddhist state. But because that's such a big break from Marty and who he is and what he was raised with and the kind of people that he knows, he really had to pull from other sources and really, really rely on his collaborators in this film and, and, and had to figure out his own way into the story. And one of the first things that he noticed about the Dalai Lama was that as a child and as even to some extent as, a, as an adult, he's, he, uh, he's very sequestered and isn't really allowed to interact with normal people and spends a lot of his time just observing from afar. Not unlike Scorsese, who as a child had asthma, and so a lot of times was forced to stay inside and look out his window and observe the world from afar. So with that kind of in to the character, then his collaboration could begin with with a lot of the other key personnel in this film, people like Thelma Schoonmaker, of course, his editor, who really helped him with the editing. It took something like eight months to edit this film because they got to the second half of the film and realized that they didn't want to tell the story in a typical narrative chronological way, but to really kind of break it up and cut it more on an emotional level and let the story play out that way. So there was a lot of cutting and recutting and trial and error and trying to figure out. And Thelma became incredibly instrumental in helping Marty figure out the structure of the second half of the film. Uh, this is also his first and only uh, collaboration with great cinematographer Roger Deakins, who shot Skyfall, uh, has lensed um, pretty much all, almost all of the Coen Brothers films. Um is just a great cinematographer and Deakins, a master of light was really able to help Marty figure out a way to use light as sort of this metaphor for the enlightenment of the Dalai Lama. And then of course there's the great score by Philip Glass and Glass is a practicing Buddhist and he scored the film and, but because he's a practicing Buddhist, he had a real connection to the story 
and really put everything he could into it. He was scoring the rough cuts, even though Marty kept telling him, it's going to change. Don't do that. He's like, no, I, this is how it needs to be. I, I have to do this. So, so he'd score the rough cuts and then they'd go in and go back into the edit and rechange everything, especially in the second half. And then Philip Glass would come in with a whole new score for the movie for the next iteration and just kept doing this again and again and again and again as the story evolved, the score also evolved. And one of the other things that Marty had to do was he had to go back and look at filmmakers that he was fond of who could help him kind of get into a different mindset. So he watched a lot of Vittorio De Sica films, you know, Italian neorealist. We've talked about that before. But he also looked at the films of Satyajit Ray. And Satyajit Ray is a, an Indian filmmaker, you know, one of, one of India's true treasures in the cinematic arts, really. And it was filmmakers like these that helped him kind of set a tone for the film, um, especially Ray's, um, you know, more Asian sensibility. And one of the and one of the things that Marty says about this, I believe this is in uh, the book Scorsese on Scorsese. He says, "I just love Eisenstein's framing and the whole structure of the film October." Now. Let me let me put a pause right there. We talked about this to some extent in uh, in our first season when we talked about, um, or excuse me, in our first semester when we talked about Hitchcock and his love of editing, his love of montage, and how how adding two shots together can create something more than just what those two shots are. So. Sergei Eisenstein was a Soviet filmmaker who is considered the father of montage. He wrote extensively about montage, about this idea that if you take that, that shot A represents an idea and shot B represents an idea. And if you cut shot A and shot B together, you're going to get a third idea that comes together from the joining of those two shots, from the juxtaposition of those two shots that by cutting two images together, you're not just telling the story of those two images, you're telling the story that's between those two images. And one of his films, Seven Days in October, this is what Marty's specifically talking about. Now, we're not pulling any any specifics from those movies in this quote, um, because I don't expect any or most of you to have seen this film or to really understand entirely what we're talking about, but I just want to give you a little bit of framework for what he's talking about. So he says, I just love Eisenstein's framing and the whole structure of the film October. By comparison, I haven't been as influenced by the seamless kind of filmmaking of Ford or Hawks or Weiler, but I see in those films more the relationship of the actors as a family. So for instance, the scene with my mother and Joe Pesci and Bob De Niro and Ray Liotta in Goodfellas, comes right out of Hawks or Ford. It's not just a matter of shooting it the same way. You have to feel it as a gathering with the warmth of the personalities and relationships all around the table. Running a scene like that with the freedom to improvise around the script is great, but montage is more exciting. I just love it when two images come together and one image cuts to another and a third or fourth image comes into your mind that's actually not there. That's the power of the medium. Now remember, Hitchcock said the same thing, that... And Eisenstein said the same thing, that the power of film is in the editing. It's not in the shots. It's not in the acting. It's not in the script. It's not even necessarily in the storytelling of it. It's in the ability to take shot A and shot B 
cut them together, and to create an impression of something that may not even be there. Marty goes on to say, on the set, I, on the set, he's talking of Kundun, I began to realize the importance of holding the image and letting it play instead of cutting a lot. There was a different rhythm going on in my head as I watched, and there are many scenes that reflect this, particularly exteriors with the monks, the Dalai Lama, and the men against the landscape. And something from Asian cinema, I'm thinking of Ozu's floating weeds. Those images where you can take the time to look at nature. After 30 years looking at this kind of work, I was finally able to let go of montage. And if there was going to be image changing, it would be more like brush strokes. So let me kind of unpack what just happened there. So Marty said that on this film, what he really learned to do was to back up from, from the filmmaking that he had known all his life and to really try to go with something else, something that he describes as more Asian, something that takes its time, something that lets an image alone speak for itself and you hold on that image so that the audience can gather from it and glean from it and, and take in what's in front of them, not just the implication between a cut. And I think a lot of this comes from what Marty said was that a lot of this kind of came from an influence of the Buddhism that he was looking at and learning about while researching for this film. The idea that, for instance, that this reality isn't what's real, because we, when we talk about the present, we're actually talking about the recent past. You know, time's already moved on from that moment. Things, these, these, these very Buddhist ideas that, that really influenced Marty to, to look at the world differently and therefore to interpret cinema differently. So there were things that he would do. There's these, there's, there's a lot of moves where he would try to link subjects in the same frame. Instead of doing it with a cut to show an interconnectivity, he would, he would pan from one to another to show a connectivity, to show that these two things were connected you know, and that's a very Buddhist idea that, that there is an interconnectivity between all of us and all things, right? You know, and he would use more sweeping camera shots, shots that would kind of move from one thing to another instead of just cutting from one thing to another. And they, they would be slower moves. They wouldn't be these fast moves that we see in films like Goodfellas and Color of Money. You know, and he would dissolve between things instead of cutting. Things like that, that, that he would sort of, he lets... He lets the images take their time with the audience. That's what he's talking about when he talks about pacing. There was this whole new rhythm going on in my head, is what he says. And then that would affect the way he would cut the, that, that excuse me, not even cut, the way he would almost stitch together the film. Because it really wasn't cutting so much, it was more of assembly. You know, and there's other things that he did in this story to try to, 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 try to represent things like for example there's a subjectivity to the camera that's more than just like putting the camera low or moving it frenetically because we're giving the perspective of a child it's it's more about putting the audience in his perspective and only revealing to the audience the information that the child would have and you see that in, in, in the way Marty utilizes the camera. And so the film quickly becomes about, or the shots quickly were, were determined by who's in the frame and who's not in the frame. That was something that Marty also talks about, is this idea that, 
that the shots would be determined by what the Dalai Lama's perspective was on something, not his actual POV, in order to help glean some some subjective perspective. So that's Kundun. Um, I hope you learned a little bit. I hope you got something out of this. This is an interesting movie. It's a movie I had not seen before, um, and and it didn't do that well. So there's not a ton of information out there because not a lot of people were asking Marty about this film. Um, so I tried to glean whatever I could, and hopefully, hopefully we got something out of this uh, class session this time. That's all I have for this week um, or for this class session. If you would like to reach out to the podcast, uh, you can reach me uh, on the Facebook page, Hitchcock University, on the Twitter page, um, Hitch underscore you, or you can just simply email me, uh, HitchcockUniversity at gmail.com. Looking ahead, we have Gains of New York in two weeks. Um, After that will be The Aviator. And I think after that is The Departed. Yes, yes. So so in two weeks we have Gaines New York, four weeks we have The Aviator, and then we get to The Departed in six weeks, which I'm really looking forward to. I really, really um, enjoy the movie The Departed a lot. Um, I think that's a great film, and I think uh, there's a lot of good stuff that we can take from that. Um, so again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, feel free to reach out to me with any comments, questions, concerns. Otherwise, this has been Hitchcock University and I have been Taylor Bickle. Thanks again for listening.